Welcome to From the Peak with hosts Howie Outerbridge and Peter Sonier, where innovators, leadership gurus, and just plain old awesome people are interviewed to hear how they have gained clarity in their lives and improved their view from the peak. Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to From the Peak. Uh, it's great to be doing another podcast today, and my guest, very special guest, a good friend of mine, Kartik Bardwa, uh, who is the Director of HR and Operations and Chief Privacy Officer at BC Dental Association. And I got to ask, like, is there anything that you you don't do for BC Dental? Like, are you cleaning teeth now? Can you look at this crown I'm having problems with? <laughs> Yeah, it's it great. Seems to- like, <laughs> it seems like a lot for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. Thanks for making time for us today. Uh, again, the podcast is all about um, sharing insights, perspectives. You know, Peter and I, there are just so many great people and so many great stories that that need to be shared. And that's what this is. Uh, that's what this is all about today. So jumping right into it, uh, I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit more about you who Kartik is and what's keeping you busy these days. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Howie. Uh, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Big fan of the show. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me, like you said, uh, director of HR and operations and privacy officer for the BCDA, um, which is definitely keeping me busy. Uh, but I also have an MBA with a specialization in HR management from Royal Roads and also a CPHR. And the only reason I mentioned those last two is because when you ask about what's keeping me busy, uh, I was recently asked to be a mentor for new MBA students at Royal Roads, and I'm also working with the CPHR as a member of their CP membership portfolio subcommittee. So things are certainly getting busier and heating up. But uh, but other than that, uh, when I'm not working or and uh, being involved in these uh, great uh, institutions, um, you know, working on motorcycle and and listening to music and uh, you know the usual HR things. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's face it, these kinds of experiences that you have just make it really easy for you to, to put people at ease and to, to have a relationship with them, which I think I've certainly seen in, in action over the years. Um, and it's great to hear, Kartik, that you know you are putting your, you know, you're sharing your 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 wisdom and your experience over the oh, that you've picked up in a variety of different areas. Um and that's a part of today, right? Is you you've worked in a number of different sectors over the last ten years, including Compass Group, which operates in over forty-five countries and employs over half a million people. So I'd love to hear, you know, on top of everything else, um, Gateway uh, not-for-profit work recently. Like, what would you say are some highlights and lowlights from your career? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, right off the bat, certainly. One of the highlights has been meeting Mr. Vancouver himself, Howie Outerbridge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. You know, like the Conan O'Brien of Canada, man. It seems like everyone knows you and you know everyone. Uh, but seriously, uh, you've been a great help to me in my career and through every transition. And uh, you, you seem to have a real good understanding of, of, of industry. So, But uh, also, I think like some of the highlights and lowlights, they're, they're somewhat the same from a learning perspective. Uh, I think that one of the things that I've really come to understand 
through my career and, and all these different industries is how difficult leadership is. Uh, I can count on one hand how many people are just like amazing leaders. Uh, but those same people work at it every day. You can tell, especially when they get into like very high stress situations and they're forced to react and you can appreciate how much work they put into making sure they don't just react. So I guess early in my career, I get frustrated at folks in leadership positions who weren't leading from my perspective. But as you progress and work in different industries, you realize how difficult that is and how important it is that HR is at that table supporting the growth of leadership. So I can really appreciate more than ever those individuals are constantly reinventing themselves to be better communicators and understood not to wing it anymore for their own success, but also for their teams. So I think those highlights and lowlights were, were it's all just a part of learning, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point, right? The um, the the idea that when you look at a, an elite athlete or an elite speaker or, you know, elite leader, right? There's this thinking that, oh, okay, well, they're just born that way or, you know, yeah. but really there's, they're, they're learning and they're growing and they're putting a lot of energy into that. So that's, that's a exactly. really uh, good, good point. Yeah. Now, again, one of the really interesting things about you is this perspective that you bring from having worked for, again, really, really large organizations like Compass Group, Global Company, to, you know, the BC Dental Association. So, you know, something that we all, I know any of the listeners in BC can can relate to. Um, and when yeah. we talk about COVID, right, like how, how has COVID impacted the industries that you're most familiar with? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, it was just massive job loss. I was working with Gateway Casinos when the full weight of the pandemic hit. And uh, unfortunately, we had the unfortunate duty to really place, uh, I think it was just like over 5,000 people on leave within a week. So, and it's kind of strange when you think back at that time that our mentality was that, oh, this will be over in a week or two. Uh, and here we are a year and a half later. But uh, I think the the biggest challenge now is, is starting back up. And that as everything reopens, you know, a lot of the employees have moved on, found other employment. So it's another challenge for leadership in all industries. And I think the difference is now that um, unlike any other time, it, HR is really at the forefront of this reopening. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that too, you know, HR being at the table at the leadership table. I mean, and really you've got as a, as a practitioner and as an HR professional, you have such a, uh, an important role that you, that you play, right. Representing uh, the people and um, working with the people of the organization. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. You know, I read an article just about um, the point that you mentioned about, uh, you know, finding people now. And it was, um, they were interviewing a restaurant owner in Vancouver and, and he was saying the same thing that a lot of their staff have moved out of this, the downtown core. Uh, they moved on from the service industry and really? Yeah. And, to, you know, to me, that's just a sign that people that have been in the service industry and as they're going through COVID, they're thinking deeply about these core things, um, mm -hmm. where they work, where they live, I guess, because we really haven't had much else to do, right? Besides be with our exactly. own thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So back to this, um, this leadership uh piece and these, um, you know, what is what a leader needs to show up as today, as opposed to pre-COVID, do you see a widening of any skill gaps um, with leadership due to the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, um, you know, I'm not immune to this at all either, but uh, it was almost a character study to watch people struggle with Zoom and Slack and all these other softwares that were readily available, available, sorry, 
uh, but not used to its full potential to assist with running a business. Uh, and so they, they had them, but they just didn't use them. And then they were forced to use them and, and people really struggled with it. So, so now companies are going to accelerate, accelerate their digital transformation efforts. Uh, if you told someone at RBC in 2019 that 10 to 20,000 of their employees wouldn't be working in the office the following year, but they'd be making record profits and growth through 2020 and 21, they'd laugh in your face. But that's exactly what happened. So what happens when you've got like an industry-wide shortage in the skills required to drive growth? I think for me, it was one of the things to, to really see that, you know, it's no longer enough to, to know, you know, the MS Office suite, like Outlook, Word, Excel. You know, it still shocks me how many people rely on email for communication. And now it's going to be the, the struggle with cloud-based solutions and what have you. So I think that uh, that's going to be the, the real challenge going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So the gap, you know, again, the gap is really this, this demand for um, technical aptitude and an understanding and, and not to say in a leadership role that you're actually, you know, you're, you're, you're doing it or, or maybe you are, but um, that's a really important skill at, at all levels that certainly is, is present. And honestly, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, um, I wrote an article uh, uh, for people talk about this. Uh, we published it in, in August um, last year. And I'll just read you a little section here and, and tell me Please. if this, tell me if this reminds you, you of anybody. Here's the quote. A good friend of mine, a senior HR director with a national company was recently sharing that due to mass layoffs in his company and the lack of HR personnel to assist, he was now required to be more and more proficient with his company's human resource management and customer relation management systems. <laughs> Instead of him relying on his team for their expertise, he was now being relied on for the answers. <laughs> this company knows that guy. Yeah, that, that guy is Kartik, and it was it was you know it was from a conversation that we had over a couple of uh, yeah beers, right? About just how your role had changed when you had to uh, let five thousand people um, go. Yeah, it it uh, it was definitely eye opening. It made me appreciate how how much my team really knew and uh, and what they did behind the scenes, and it, it was uh, very eye opening for sure. So I'm yeah. glad that you remembered that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, you bet. So, you know, we've highlighted some of the challenges of, of the pandemic, um, but, you know, from your perspective, were there any positive outcomes to these industries from the lockdown? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that for me is just seeing uh, a lots of self-discovery for individuals about what they'd rather be doing. You know, to your point about, you know, the, the restaurant fellow having some of his employees move out of town. But I think for, for me, I think it was the, the example I just kind of, go to all the time is how creative people became when, when forced not to be in the physical workplace and with things being closed, having time to explore creative pursuits again. So you saw people taking up like baking and being outdoors and just experiencing how creative they could be. So that kind of led me to believe that in some respects, I've always kind of thought this is that the workplace in some respects can stifle that element of creativity in people. Uh, and and I, I think we've talked about this in the past, but you know, sometimes there's that organizational culture aspect of like not being allowed to make a mistake, which I think stifles creativity. So when freed of that lack of permission to make a mistake, you saw people's creativity really flourish. And, and so you, you think of that from a business perspective and it's, it's dangerous when you think of how important creativity and innovation is to the success of any business. But I bet, like I bet 
there were a lot of baking disasters out there that eventually turned into baking triumphs. Uh, so I don't know. Is that a weird analogy? Do you know what I'm? <laughs> oh, no, I totally know. I had some, a few sourdough batches that I had to uh, chuck in, in the dog. Yeah. Bowl. You were, you did that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I know. And it's, you know, it's interesting because when we think about how much organizations and I've, you know, you read articles about, uh, Google and, uh, you know, structuring their cafeteria lineup so that it actually takes longer to get your food, um, which promotes interaction between people in the lineup. So organizations totally see that this is valuable, this creativity, but, but to your point, it's often just stifled because of that fear of failure or, you know, whatever that might look like. Yeah. And I, I always, I love telling that story and I, I, I forget where I hear it at first. I was probably like an art of leadership conference, but, uh, the, the fellow told a story about uh, the little girl in the back of the room of the of a art class. Uh, have you heard this one? But uh, no. And and so he says that uh, you know the, the teacher goes back to to let's call her Susie, little Susie in the back of the classroom, and says, you know, what are you drawing? And and she replies with, well, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher says, well, that's ridiculous. Nobody knows what God looks like. And Susie replies with, well, they will in a minute. And so I guess the whole point of that is that, you know, children have, will have a go, they'll give it a try. And I think that as we get older, we just get more afraid to make a mistake. And I think that uh, to me, that really resonated with, with how, how creativity is so important in the workplace. So again, I hope that's not a weird analogy, but. No, it's great. It's great. So, I mean, and just carrying this a bit further. So how do you think the workplace will be different? Like, do you think leaders have clued into that and are, are there ways to make intentional changes to, to a workplace in order to promote creativity? What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's a, I think that's a great question. And I think it's something that all leaders need to ask themselves is, is how do you take the best parts of what happened in the pandemic, the best parts of what happened pre-pandemic and, and put that all together so that you can create, you know, a successful, um, not just a business, but have people be successful. I think that uh, creativity is going to be a big aspect of that going forward. But if you're not asking that question and just kind of returning to pre-pandemic levels of, of the workplace, it's it's going to be a challenge for sure. And that's where I think HR can really, really speak up and, and help with that. Yeah. I know you and I, we've done a lot of like, we, we, we've done a lot of studying on, on learning and how people learn. And one of the key things, of course, is that there's got to be some sort of um, regular anchor point or touch point, or else things will just revert back to, you know, it, it, I've heard, you know, it takes 21, 21 attempts to make a new habit or, or whatever that might be. But but um, I want to just shift gears quickly. Um, and, you know, one of the things that our listeners, unless they're HR practitioners, they might overlook is just how difficult this pandemic has been for HR practitioners, right? Like the amount of pressure put on you to find solutions for your people um, for problems that didn't exist before. Right. And, and yeah. it's not like, it's not like during your CPHR curriculum or, you know, on your way to be a CPHR, you had a course on global pandemics, right? Like this is all new. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm curious what, what you, maybe what you think might be, um, some of the biggest challenges facing, um, maybe that, that you faced or what that are facing HR pro professionals in a post COVID market. Yeah, I think for me personally, and I think probably for a lot of people, and just let me know if you agree with this, but uh, I think that, uh, that there's two things. Excuse me, sorry. It's uh, having to switch between um, transition and transformation. 
And when I speak to transition, it's transitioning obviously back into the physical workplace because um, I think that is going to be really interesting as we're on the cusp of that right now. Mm -hmm. um, but coupled with that is, is the human-centered transformation around lessons we learned through the pandemic and beyond into that reimagining of, of work for the future, the whole future of work thing that become this becomes somewhat of a buzzword. So uh, especially for HR leaders, being really agile in both transition and transformation, shifting back and forth in, in response is, go is going to be really challenging. Yeah. Do you, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this concept of agility is, uh, do, do you see that as being a part of sort of the new, a new competency requirement for HR leaders moving forward? It's yeah. I, and I think the key word there, you said was requirement. It definitely is going to be a requirement going forward. And I think you pointed to it earlier. It's just, it's the, the future is unwritten to quote Joe Strummer. So it's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot that, uh, that being agile is going to be important. And, and I think that, you know, whether you're, you know, not if you're change resistant or, or neutral, it's going to be about HR in particular being change positive because that's all that's going to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, you know, we're starting to kind of form some recommendations for, for, you know, for the new, the, like the up and comers or people that are maybe don't have the experience in HR that you do. Um, what would be some words of advice for our younger CPHR listeners? Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think right off the bat, I would say that uh, there's so much discovery in HR right now. It, it's, it's, it, uh, from my perspective, it's just, it's different than it's ever been from an HR perspective. Like, there's there's so much that uh, is being called on for HR leaders and and even even new uh, people to to the industry. But I would say for the younger CPHR listeners, I would say number one, be confident. You've done your homework, so trust your voice, you know, and share it. Um, part of the battle is is just having enough confidence to speak up. But but trust me, your voice is valued, and if you make a mistake, it's okay. But learn from it. So you know that old adage of you can make a mistake, just don't make it twice. But uh, when you're going through that process, eliminate fear as best you can when you're speaking to, to leadership or management or senior leaders, you know, and, and somebody gave me some great advice a long time ago. And they said, sometimes the best way to do that is to challenge yourself and ask, you know, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? So, um, mm. because I think that's what stops people, but, but don't let it yeah. stop you, you know, be confident that you've done your homework. Yeah. You know, back to your the the little Susie in the back of the classroom, right? It's kind of like, so yeah. what does a return to work policy look like for five thousand people? Mm -hmm. um, how yeah. can anyone know that? Well, you will in in when I when I send you the policy or when I send you that work, <laughs> right? So, so back to being yeah, back to being confident and and not having um, yeah yours being an inhibitor. You bet. Great yeah. advice. And I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you're doing some mentorship with um, with CPHR and doing some work at roundtables and such. Because again, you have a you have a tremendous amount to share. Well, thank you. It's very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. So Logan, Mount Logan, right? This is a the, the mountain metaphor has a very special place for uh, for people in the, in the Logan firm and. You know, it's a metaphor that we used um, to help people make meaning of, of climbing the mountain. And, you know, as they get higher in the mountain, the distance they can see increases as they get closer to the top. So what's allowed you to gain clarity and improve your view uh, during the last 12 months? Yeah, I, you know, it's, 
it's the uh, falling on my face um, as the, the last 12 months and, and struggling to, because you're right, nobody had the answer. But I think it's also that as we're coming out of this, it's almost like you've reached that peak. It's the lessons you take with you as you're coming down the mountain. So yes, I'm a fan of the band Jane's Addiction with that reference, but it's kind of what I was talking about earlier about creativity. Uh, embrace that aspect in all elements of what we've done to get to this peak and make it back down safely. Uh, for me, it was the recognition that one of the most important and valuable things that you can give your employees back is their time. And so recognition and all those things are great, but there's nothing quite like having more time. And so for me, that I think the pandemic was just instrumental in being able to provide that clarity of how important that is. I always knew it was, but it more important than ever before. Right. And what a, what a, what an interesting global experiment that we've all just been through, right? Like people oh. were just as productive or more, um, you know, people were able to, a lot of people have, have stories of um, getting healthier or, you know, yeah. learning new things or challenging themselves in, in, in various regards. So, so yeah, it'll yeah. really be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens when, you know, we sort of, things start to reopen, which is really my last question for you. Um, what, you know, what new work environment awaits companies as we reopen? Well, we had the last question already. That was fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. I know time flies when you're having fun. Eh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think uh, the new work environment, um, you know, it's going to be that, that work from home hybrid model or, or flexible work arrangements. Um, and the change processes that we're going through, uh, that we're about to go through as well, or that we're going through, but um, organizations are going to have to have a well thought out change process to help their employees manage, uh, because this has been a struggle for, for everyone. And it's uh, just expect accepting people to, to just dive in is going to be tricky. So uh, having that, that change process thought out and, and well communicated is going to be critical. But um, I think also is, is there's going to be that hard look at, at the reduction in workforces. You know, HR will be tasked to contemplate or assess the need um, for pre-pandemic levels of staffing and reduce as necessary. I think that one of the things um, when I was working with Gateway is, you know, maybe, maybe this is not what we need for, from a head office perspective. So there was changes that were being contemplated as we went through the, the pandemic. But I think with any crisis, as they say, creates an opportunity. Um, so I think that one of the things that I was reading about was something called talent trading. Uh, you know, where else in the organization can you move that talent capability and capacity instead of just outright reductions? You know, it's going to be a challenge, but there's, there's going to be lots of opportunity for innovation. I love that, that concept talent trading, and I'd never heard it before our, our yeah. podcast today. So, um, tell me more like what from your perspective is it is it sort of just a flash in the pan thing or is it something that again will become ingrained in an organization's culture because of the the need yeah i mean i, I hope so because i know in my experience in my career you've had employees that would struggle in one area and then you move them somewhere else and they they flourish and yeah. so i think this is a huge opportunity you've got you went through all the trouble of, of hiring and training and and getting these people up to speed and uh now to go through this and to lose that. I think the, the one thing that every company needs to kind of adopt as their adage is, is we need to own the talent. So mm -hmm. uh, I think if it's not available to put it there, maybe look at other opportunities. So yeah, talent trading was something new that I'd read about recently. So I thought that was great. 
Well, we certainly see this in our, our career transition or outplacement practice where, you know, someone loses their role and they make a bit of a change. Um, they hated their last job, but it's an opportunity for them to, to realign their values and what they want to do with with um, what comes next for them. So, so yeah, yeah exactly. it's a little, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of the sort of the career management piece, but um, where, you know, it's the organization, it's the manager, it's the individual managing the person's career, but the talent trading just uh, really focuses in on the strengths of, of that individual. Right. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, it's uh, how many these days have I used today, but that whole uh, hire for attitude, train for skill, you know, I think that if you've got people that, you know, have that great attitude and want to do more, train them into other areas. So that's the last of my cliches, I promise. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Hey, okay. Well, I got to say thank you so much, Kartik, from the team at Logan here. And for me, uh, I really appreciate you giving us some time. And it's been really interesting talking to you about your perspectives and your insights, which is exactly what this podcast is about. Like ideas that are too good that they need to be shared. So, so here we are. So um, again, I, I really appreciate your time and thank you so much. And I, and I look forward to our conversations continuing on a patio somewhere in the near future. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a, I'm very honored to be here and hopefully I'll be invited back. <laughs> you bet. joining from the peak peter and howie look forward to exploring another topic with you soon and both wish you the best on your journey to the peak